T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ain't no mountain high enough for the Victory Monday. The commanders actually climbed that mountain, and they found a couple of suckers sitting at the top of it. Man, I was just having a conversation with JP and B-Mitch, maybe while we were in the bathroom together. <clears throat> and uh, JP asked me what I thought of the game. Because, obviously, they were finishing up their show while I was doing the first hour, and I hadn't talked to them. I said, man, listen, maybe this is unfair to Jack Del Rio and the commander's defense. They did a good job in spots. They shut down the run. They they, they helped get the takeaways. I'm not trying to kill them. What I am trying to say is if you had a less reckless, Brandon Staley-like approach from Arthur Smith, if you had a better quarterback that wasn't making, I mean, especially the St. Justin Fuller interceptions, the Jamin Davis interception, I could see how that could happen. I mean, Jamin Davis just, you know, jumps it and rips it because he anticipated, because he sees B. John Robinson split. And he knows that's where they want to go. Just like Cameron Cameron Curl jumps B. John Robinson on the fourth and three. Now, I mean, I guess those balls could have gone over the middle of the field, which several did earlier in the game on third and eights, third and nines, what have you. So maybe they would be wrong, but they turned out to be right. So kudos to them individually. Kudos to Jack for obviously teaching that up and his staff throughout the week. So again, give credit. But that's not going to happen on a regular basis. It's going to happen every once in a while. So the real question is, can this defense win? Can they stifle an opponent that's good, that's not playing boneheaded? And if you say, well, well, th- those are just, those aren't, you know, boneheaded decisions. Well, there are a couple of boneheaded decisions that, Arthur Smith made one, again, the key sequence in the first half, and maybe the game is going for it on the fourth and three when he was going to kick the field goal. That takes a potential three points off the board, gives the commanders great field position, and boom, they go down and stomp you. That's a 10-point swing. And then on top of that, again, going for the two-point conversion when you're down eight after scoring, 
with 12 and a half minutes left to go when all you need is an extra point to get you within a touchdown and the extra point, seven, to go for it once. Weird. But then again, they get the penalty and they go for it twice. It's not like they changed their mind. Weird. And all the play clock issues and all the com- community, I-, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if there was a problem with the microphone. I don't know. But that was terrible. False start of Palooza. Delay of game. On top of delay, I mean, it was just brutal. If they don't get that error, if they don't get that error time and time and time again, do they win that game is my, is, is the question. And for me, the answer is no. And that's not me being a party pooper. That's me just telling you how I see it. And I don't know how anybody else would see it any other way. I mean, Ron's going to talk in less than an hour. I'm sure he's going to put lipstick on a pig. But the fact, fact of the matter is they're still squealing like pigs. They did more things right yesterday, certainly, than they did against Justin Fields and the Bears. I do not want to create the impression that they didn't do things right. But they still were not good enough by any stretch. They still gave up 400 yards. They were bad on third down early. The best thing they did the rest of the game was shut down Atlanta on third down. They gave up three or four early on third and eight, third and nine, you know, third and seven. I mean, it was just pitch and catch. But the best thing they did was after a first couple of drives, they settled down on third down, and I think they only allowed, you know, two more third downs the rest of the game. But they still gave up 400 yards. They were still on the field for almost 80 plays. Too much. And I guarantee you, one of the storylines that'll come out of next Sunday's game at the Meadowlands, if they lose and if they look bad on defense, is, oh, yeah, we were on the field for 80 plays. Well, you know, like, get off the field. Now, again, some of that is the offense, too, not contributing in the second half and not being able to convert on third down themselves. That's why you win as a team, lose as a team. Not all on the defense. Just interesting to kind of see the perspectives of people. You know, again, I I, I don't want to keep bitching about this. A win is a win, and it's the most important thing. And they played well enough to win. The question becomes is when the level of competition or execution goes up, do they have a chance if this is how they win, if this is the only way they can win by forcing mechanical error. Maybe that's how they won against Arizona. Maybe that's how they won against Denver, too. To some degree, that is true. All right, 301 Let's go back to the calls. Uh, we'll get to Sean. We'll get to Jason in a sec. First, John in Oklahoma on the Odyssey app. What up, John? How are you? Hey, I'm fine. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Chris. Yeah, hey, thanks for making it. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, a while ago you said something about uh, how do these uh, defensive backs on these other teams, while they ride on our receivers' hips and stuff, you know, like, like they know our plays or something. And they say a lot of the uh, language from coach to coach, the, the verbiage is 
it's pretty much the same and the plays, you know, are the same, just a little bit different verbiage or whatever. But, you know, if you look at the enemy over on the sideline, when he's calling his plays, he's not covering his uh, mouth with that big play sheet. You could, you, you know, they, they still got people that on the other sidelines are up in the booth, that, you know, read the lips. Cause I know that's, I know they used to do that. And that's why they tell him to start covering their mouth. And stuff. He doesn't do that. Now, you know, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but he should cover his mouth, I think, because, like I say, a lot of the plays, they like to, they know where we're running, you know, exactly. Right. And then on defense, you turn right around, and all the other team has to do is, you know, think of plays where you're only going to get four guys rushing because that's what we do. Every, well, yeah, what, but they but they did, and, uh, I mean, listen, they, they did pressure on a couple of those picks. I'm trying to remember if it was the second and the third. Uh I'm trying to remember. I know the the Benjamin St. Juice one in the end zone, they sent at least one yeah. extra guy. And actually, I'm just watching it now on the on the Jamin Davis interception that ends the game. They only sent four. So it must have been yeah. the first and second one. Jamin Davis just makes a great yeah. play. I mean, again, right. I like I want them to be more aggressive. There is no doubt that right. I want them to be more aggressive. But John, you know, as we exactly. talked about last week, right? You you can be aggressive, but don't be reckless. And I think that's where right. Jack is probably struggling to find the right balance of trusting yeah. his guys to execute too much, playing a base style or their style of base defense. You know, a four-two-five or the Cinco five-one-five, what have you. Uh, you know, looks yeah. that they that they did a bunch right. of yesterday. I think he's struggling to find a way to be aggressive without being reckless, and sometimes that does lead to you know problems. That that leads to yeah. guys getting carved up. Yeah, but you know, like you start, these guys call these other plays according to where you know they know we're going to rush ninety percent of the time. Like I said, just four guys. So plays that work with that good, and if they don't get home. You've got the advantage. He don't hardly bring any of the linebackers, bring the safeties down. And I understand not being able to trust your players when you don't have any better linebackers than what he had, really. But, you know, and another thing, I'm going to get off here. I just think the game has passed these two coaches up. I'll say it again and again. And I'll let you get some other calls, Chris. Thanks for taking Appreciate call, you, John. Buddy. Thank you. Good, uh, good to hear from you. Uh, appreciate it. 301-230-0980. Listen, has, has the game passed Ron and Jack by? I mean, I think at times it has, at times. But again, I think it is also something that most people aren't going to say, which is just what I said to John. It is a a struggle for them to figure out the right balance of being aggressive and being reckless. Some coaches are reckless as bleep. Arthur Smith yesterday was reckless as bleep. Brandon Staley tonight if he gets a chance to screw it up, he is going to screw it up. He's reckless as bleep. But then some coaches are too conservative. I don't think Ron and Jack are always conservative. I think they are conservative at times. I think they are reckless at times or over-aggressive at times. It's that right balance. Has the game passed them by? In some ways, yeah, in small ways, maybe. We'll try and ask Jay Gruden that, see what he thinks. You know, because he was a former head coach. I doubt he'll say that the game is passing by. But I know this. You know, Jay has told us a couple of times, 
not the biggest fan of Jack Del Rio in terms of his defensive scheme. So we'll we'll, we'll double down on that. Uh, let's get to Jason in Omaha, uh, also on the Odyssey app. Jason, how are you? What's up, Chris? How y'all? What's up, Jason? <clears throat> I'm I'm happy for a win. I tell you that. I mean, a win is a win, and that's the most important thing. No matter what I say or anybody says, they got a win when they desperately needed one. So let's start and acknowledge that. Win. Yep. A win is a win. Yeah, yep. but uh, <laughs> we are leaking crude oil. You know what I mean? Like I. I Desmond Ritter started as many games as uh, Sam Howe, and he tore us up for 300. So we're not good on defense. And uh, to your last caller's point, uh, the secondary coach, the DB coach, uh, Brett Wieselmeyer, yeah, Wieselmeyer, he's not good enough. Yeah, He's well, not good enough. You know, you know it, it, listen, there, there is no doubt that they have struggled there, obviously, uh, and, and it's not just Emmanuel Forbes. I wish people would stop saying it's just Emmanuel Forbes because yeah, Derek no, Forrest was – No, I'm not saying you. I'm saying I'm saying Derek Forrest was bad for four games too before he got injured, and that's just the start of it. Correct. But I, I, I totally Correct. get what you're saying. They are definitely I'm, missing some Chris Harris, uh, who's now it, in Tennessee. But I'm but. It. Let, let's cut Wieselmeyer a little. Yeah, let's cut Wieselmeyer a little bit Whoa. of a break last week. His dad died, so you know I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say, look, you know, uh, too many of us have been through that. Uh, it's brutal yeah. to have no, to deal no. with that. So, it, for sure. Again, just football X's and O's, yep. Chris. Yep. yep. Not getting it done as far as motivating the guys, getting them to plaster to the receivers and things of that nature. Um, of course, I sympathize with uh, his his parent passing for sure. So nothing like that. But as far as X's and O's, they're not getting the job done on that end. He uh, we gave up 300 to Desmond Ritter. So if the head coach, like you mentioned, uh, was any better, <laughs> I don't like they win that game at home. So uh, an eight point win. I mean, when you're looking at it. If you looked at the game, you would say, how do we really win? But we had key things that we did in the game to win. But uh, I really do think um, our defense is not good, and this is what I was worried about coming into the season. Uh, Sam Howe did look good a little bit, but he can still improve. Um, He had a couple short fields. Um, EB dialed up a couple good red zone plays. But I like to see Ron Rivera – and I would like to hear your thought on this, but I like to see him, uh, I guess, edgy <clears throat> in his press conference. Like uh, when I think he mentioned, do your job, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin Sheehan was like laughing at that earlier or like last week or something like that. But it's something that you got to really drive home. And if you really drive it home, I mean, the guys really got to listen to it. And if they don't, you sit him down and next man up. But I really do think I really like his demeanor, and you got to give him a break too. He had cancer, so like maybe he didn't have the energy even last year to really give that type of energy. But I saw some energy from him, so I hope that that continues. We have to get better. We have to get better by dialing up blitzes to get after the other team's quarterback. But we can't continue to give up 300 yards, and we have the best supposedly D line. 
in yeah. not only our conference, but the league. Yeah, 300 so passing, but we, we 400 overall, too. I mean, that that, that needs yeah. to be put. You, you and, that's I mean? the, like, and, yeah, and that's the point. And, and I'm with you on Rivera. Yeah. I, I, listen, I think Rivera, of course, because he's the head coach, because he says too many dumb mm-hmm. things, because a bunch of their moves mm-hmm. have not worked out, and because he's got all the power, mm-hmm. he's going to get kicked in the teeth the most, right? But, but, but right, right, big right, picture, right. if we can take a step back – is he a horrible coach? Of course not. Is he a bad coach? Of course. By. Yeah. That's what I wanted to. Uh, you say time has not has not to. passed him by. Time has not passed. Okay, so him that by so so that's I, what I just said as Jack well. Del so Rio. we're in, yeah. So we're in agreement, yeah. right? We're in agreement. Yeah, I think they do struggle though with that balance of being again aggressive, no, conservative. Chris, Chris, I believe and listen. I've I've played on a high level. Like I've like I got paid to play. Yep. So like I, I know. it you the the D B coaches, the wide receiver coaches, the position coaches, the linebacker coaches, they have to get it the I guess the overall objective across to the players to get them to uh produce and execute what the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator is calling. So it's more on those guys. I'm not really saying Jack Del Rio needs to be fired, but it's like they don't really have a plan on the back end. And again, we give them 300 yards. Yeah. So it's I, not I like we I had a great game. No, I, I, again, I, I don't think anybody. I, three. Yeah, let, let me jump. Hard. Let me jump in, Jason. I appreciate the phone call. It's a, it's a good strong point. Um, but I, I'm I'm way late, so I got to take a timeout. I, I'll just say this. They were not good enough overall yesterday, again, giving up 400 yards to, I think it's a better offense than people realize, but it's still a pedestrian-plus offense. Again, not good enough. Not good enough. They have to get better. But yet they, they did a lot of good things, but they have to get better. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable to depend, to live, to feast off of a team that throws up all over themselves, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. It is not acceptable. And then everything else, the two-point conversion, all the other play clock and timeout issues, all of that, not acceptable. And until it becomes much better than it was yesterday, this team is going to be nothing more than what they have been, which is mediocre. Period. Mediocre at best. Period. That's the problem. The game hasn't passed Ron and Jack by. But they are mediocre because too many things go wrong. And whether it's by being conservative or over-aggressive or player execution or player error or whatever the case might be, It leads to these problems where they give up a lot of yards against pedestrian and pedestrian-plus offense. And that puts a lot of pressure on you to come up with takeaways. And when you do, you win. When you don't, you lose. 221, Team 980, back in a flash. Jay Gruden coming up in 10 minutes. Sean, hang in there. We'll get to you. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980 on the Team 980 and the Ace Law listener lines. Hang in. We're coming right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Jay Gruden coming up in about six, seven minutes on the other side of 2.30 and a trending alert. Let's get back to you guys on the phones, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines. In a rec, Ace Law, I'll help you get a check call, 8888. Ace Law, that's 8888, Ace Law. Tell Eric the Rooster, Team 980 sent you. If you need help, that's the place to go. Uh, let's get to our buddy Sean in Connecticut, who I'm sure is pumped up, but also probably concerned uh, based on uh, some Twitter interactions yesterday. What up, Sean? How are you? I'm good, Chris. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so obviously it's, this is Washington football. I'm going to take a win any which way we can get it. So that's, that's good. And we, the team needed it after last week, and the, so did the fan base, including myself. Um and uh, like I said, not perfect. Obviously, the defense. Like there are two stats that kind of stood out to me. It, I was shocked when I heard Sam only finished with 151 yards. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt like a lot more. And like I know, yeah, I know uh, Diami and Jahan both dropped big uh, like passes that would have gotten two big chunks of yards. So I know that that. Um, like is a little bit of the problem, but I, I was still really surprised. And I, 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 I do recognize that the defense, uh, they, they, they bended, but they didn't break at, uh, like they didn't, like they never broke at times. Like the first drive was rough. It seems like that's what they like to do, or they just can't seem to figure out a way how to not do that for once. Um, and like they, they weren't perfect, but they got the job done. And, at the end of the day, the defense and the special teams won us this game. The offense did just, literally just enough. Like, they did the bare minimum to win, and the defense, and and I, I really, like, I don't know. The, the Jamison Crowder punt return to me, I think it may have saved this season because at that point in the game, we like, the offense wasn't moving the ball particularly well. I mean, they got the field goal, but it just seems like, they get to that part of the field and, and have trouble converting a lot of the time. So I, I just think that Jamison Crowder punt return is – it cannot be understated how important that was to getting the win and um, turning uh, – potentially saving the season. Because if we if, – if they lose this game, the fan base, including myself, we're going to become, like, apathetic and just, like – Oh, same old Washington football. At least Dan Snyder's gone, though. Like, that's what it would have been in the fan base for the rest of the season if they lose. So, I'm glad they won. I'm glad I can go to the Giants game next week at MetLife. 
also on Friday, uh, <laughs> I got a mullet on Friday. So the Commanders are one and zero since I got my mullet. So that might Whoa. that might be the Whoa. that might be the new luck charm we needed. And one last thing, I wait, wait a second. You gotta send um, you, you gotta send me a picture of this mullet. I gotta see this. Number one and number two. You know, if I can get my ass to MetLife Stadium early enough, which is a very tricky situation. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm gonna, I, you know, you know how to get a hold of me. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna come out and say hello. I mean, you know, I, I mean, right, I, I, like good, I'm yeah. feeling, I'm feeling froggy a little. I'm worried as you know what about next Sunday because I could just see what you know how this plays out in my in in the crystal ball of doom uh, that I have, but. Uh, you know, feeling a little froggy, and we're heading to the Meadowlands uh, with a chance to go over 500 at four and three, which does not happen around these here parts, as we know. Oh yeah, definitely. Why? Well, I hope it works out, Chris. That'd be awesome. I'll send you a. I'll, I'll show you what the mullet looks like later. Attaboy. But I just want to say one last thing: the defense should get a little bit more credit for containing Bijan Robinson. I know he had a rough week last week. But they really did a good job. He did have that one leak out where the there was like a uh, accidental pick set on two guys on the defense, like by each other. But other than that, I think like the defense is really good. But yeah, I really hope I can see you next week, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. Have a great day. You got it. Thank you, Sean. Good to hear from you as always, and look forward uh, to that. Yeah, if anybody's uh, making the trip uh, up to MetLife, say I again. I gotta I gotta get up and get a, going early because that's a four and a half hour trip roughly from where I live out Loudoun County and I always run into disaster somewhere and I gotta pee like and you know I'm an old man I drink too much coffee I drink too much diet soda and uh, I gotta go to the bathroom too much and I always wind up running into a disaster I don't want to overcommit uh, and hopefully I don't show up at 145 like I did for the last road game because it took me nearly five hours to get to Philadelphia. All right, 2.30 on the nose. Uh, Jay Gruden coming up next. Let's do a quick trending alert. All right, Monday Night Football here tonight on the Team 980. It is the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers getting healthy off the bye. They're expected to get Austin Eckler back. Uh, Bosa's expected to be in the lineup, uh, as well Darwin James uh, and others for Brandon Staley and the L.A. Chargers coverage at 7.30. Meanwhile, over on the fan, it's the Washington Capitals looking for win number one in game number two after being blanked by Pittsburgh on Friday night in the season opener tonight. They'll host the Calgary Flames. Puck drop just after 7, and that's what's trending. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us right here on a Victory Monday, a little Motown Monday action as well. Time to get some expert analysis, as we are often lucky to do. Time to hook up with the former head coach of the Washington Redskins and offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is Jay Gruden. He's with us right here on the Team 980. You can follow him on Twitter and X at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. He is a social media superstar. He is all over the place. And Jay is with us, courtesy of Ted Britt. 
uh, and Ted Britt Ford, uh, and we'll get you the exact read in just a sec here. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hello, Chris. I appreciate you calling me an expert. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're all, you've always been an expert, Jay, even though I may have doubted you once or twice. Uh, but now you're a social media expert and superstar. I love it. I love social media, Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very entertaining. I don't do a whole lot yet. I'm just dabbling. I'm still dabbling. <laughs> on the air and on uh, on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax. Your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling. All home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. All right, Jay, let's get into it so we don't waste any time. Uh, yesterday was one of those quote-unquote ugly wins, but it's better to win ugly than lose uh, in, in the way they did, obviously, against Chicago. Uh, so is that how you would kind of walk away as, you know, from a coaching perspective is, hey, man, a lot of things to clean up, a lot of things to do better, but a win is a win, and it's hard to win on the road. Especially on the road. You know, I don't think that quarterback's lost on the road. Atlanta's uh got a lot to play for their battle in the NFC South for their conference or division championship. And, and they play pretty good football, good running game, a couple of good offensive linemen. The defense is playing a little bit better. So to walk out of there with the win is, is, is a great thing to have happen. Now they got to clean up the sacks though. I mean, they can't give up five more sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're on Heineke, sometimes they're not, but that's something that they have to clean up without a doubt. Uh yeah, and, and you, all right, so let's start with the offense then, being that you just went there. Uh, Atlanta had five sacks, but they had the second most hurry percentage, you know, uh, hurries, I guess, uh, per play or per drop back in the league. So we knew they were generating pressure. They just maybe weren't finishing and getting home. Jay, it, you, you've been stressing this every Monday that you come on with us, uh, Grant and Danny, what have you, and all your, you know, podcasts, whatever is that there's been coverage sacks, and there's been times where there's nowhere to go with the ball. And I saw that at least, uh, let me see, two or three times yesterday. It it may have been just twice. I think it was three by my memory and by notes, um, where Sam had nowhere to go with the ball. So what is the coaching point there? Is it just to get rid of it at all costs? Is it to step up and climb the pocket and take off? What is the coaching point, uh, and what is the technique to avoid some of these sacks? Well, obviously, if you can take off, take off, because, you know, uh... Sam's a good athlete, and he can run and, and extend plays. That's what you, you ideally want, extend some plays and then make some positive things happen. If you can't step up, you got to try to find an outlet, throw it at his feet, uh, especially on first down. I think he had two or three more sacks yesterday on first down, which you can't have. You take a chance of the play-action shot play. Every They covered up pretty good. you got to throw it out to your outlet, throw it over his head, get second and ten, and you can get a running play, get to third and four or five, and then all of a sudden you can get it on, on uh, third down. But yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of things you can try to do. You can try to protect better. Obviously, the quarterback got to know where his outlets are and, and throw them away, or he's got to be able to uh, move around a little bit and try to extend the play. I mean, he, he was sacked twice late in the game on back-to-back plays and then almost sacked a third time. It would have been sack, sack, sack. And he did that on third down. He'd like threw it into the ground at the feet of somebody, you know, maybe they were trying to set up, you know, again, a check down screen or whatever. That's what it looked like. So, I mean, is, I don't know if you remember that play, but is is that basically what you want him to do if he doesn't feel like he's got the link? Because it does seem like he almost hesitates when he does when he can't find somebody to throw it to and he does start to climb the pocket. It almost seems like he's unsure or he hesitates. 
it's you'd you'd rather him throw the ball at somebody's feet and just take and live for another down than hesitate, correct? Yeah, for sure. That last play was a screen. They were trying to set up a screen, and uh, Atlanta sniffed it out pretty good, so that was his only option there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that's what he's got to do. He's got to try to do that. And sometimes it's impossible. Sometimes some of these stunts, they they crash the pocket, and there's nowhere to step up to, and the edges are coming at you, and and you just can't get away. So sometimes protecting the football and taking a sack uh, gives you the best chance for your next play. But, um, yeah, the first down sacks are the ones that I'm really talking about. Those mm-hmm. are the ones you got to just get rid of right. and abort mission. There was good Sam, though. I mean, he didn't throw for a lot of yards, and the second half they didn't convert on third down, and that was a disaster, and it almost cost them the game. But when he had some opportunities, he continues to let it rip. I mean, he was good to Terry early in the game. Uh, obviously, the touchdown strike to Curtis Samuel after the long punt return, uh, you know, by Jamison Crowder, uh, the the you know the roll to the right, and then the kind of weird looking screen uh, to Brian Robinson. So again, there was you know there was some bad. Nobody's denying that, but there was also some good and some efficient good. And he didn't turn the ball over again on the road against a pretty good defense. Yeah, exactly right. Not turning the ball over is critical because when you punt, you let Tressway bomb it out there and you make Desmond Ritter go the length of the field, good things will happen. And defensively, I thought uh, Del Rio did a good job with the five bigs and, and stopping B. John Robinson and, and the other rugby, Ali Gary, whatever his name is, uh, did a good job stopping that run and forcing Ritter to throw. And, and uh, But, yeah, I think um, not turning the ball over has got to be his biggest number one concern. Obviously, protecting the football, uh, sacks, not allowing sacks is number two. And he's, he's just continued to let it rip. He did make some good throws, had a couple key drops, I thought, and uh, made the plays when he had to. He had two short fields, which helps a lot. You know, yep. he got a little roll pass in there to Gibson for a touchdown, a little under route to, I think it was Samuel for a touchdown, and the, the, the cool screen that they ran up to uh, Brian Robinson for a touchdown. So he was efficient and uh, got the victory. That's the most important thing. How about Jamison Crowder? I, I said on, on Twitter, X, whatever, yesterday, I said, Jamison thinks it's 2016 in Baltimore when you were on the sidelines, and he ripped off, I think it was like an 83-yard punt return for a score. He a little faster back then, I think. He got yeah. hawked down by about yeah. four guys. But yeah. uh, that was a great return and a big-time uh, play to really change momentum. And that's what has to happen. You know, they're not getting – you know, they got three turnovers and they got a big punt return. And that, that that's a recipe for success every week that you play. Jay Gruden is with us. Again, brought to you by Ted Britt Automotive Group. Uh, again, check him out on Twitter slash X at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. Um, so that leads us to the defense. I thought the key sequence was the Cam Curl fourth and three stop uh, where he jumps Bijan Robinson. I don't know if he just knows it's going there. I don't know if he's reading the quarterback's eyes, probably both. Uh, you know, and, and it obviously made sense that it could be going there. And then Ron turns around and goes for it on fourth and one himself. And then they score uh, again, the, 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 um, uh, the the pass route concept to uh, Curtis Samuel to make it 17-7. That whole turnaround sequence there, uh, Jay, from the fourth down stop on defense to the fourth down conversion on offense, the call on fourth down for the commanders to convert on a quarterback option keeper, uh, all of that, to me, was the key sequence of the game. You agree? Yeah, that was a huge part of the game for momentum purposes. You know, Atlanta did do a good job of fighting back and cut it to eight. I don't know why they went for two. That still is a uh, thing that I have an issue with. Weird. They went for two and didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they still had a couple more opportunities, and the defense stepped up in a big way. Case Toho had a couple sacks. And, you know, Jamin Davis, I thought, played extremely well out in space in certain aspects. He had to cover Bijan on a flattened up one time and made a good coverage play. And, 
And, of course, Kemmel got a big pick. He, he stepped up a little bit too playing corner out there. So I think some guys really stepped up. Like you mentioned, Cam Curl, I think, uh, was probably the MVP of the defense. He had 11 tackles and knocked a couple balls down. Uh, so, yeah, a lot to like from the defense this week. Jay Gruden is with us on the Team 980 on the BetQL guest hotline. Uh, and he's with us each and every Monday at 2.30 as we spin around the Commanders game and, of course, whatever we can get to uh, around the NFL. Um, so you said you didn't like the two-point uh, uh, decision really twice by Arthur Smith. I, I mean, I guess I understand why you go for it the second time if you were going for it the first time after the uh, the Kendall Fuller penalty. Okay, whatever. Um, what do you think happened in terms of the play clock and the constant communication issues between Ritter and the play call. I mean, I don't know what you can tell from your vantage point, but clearly there was communication issues. And how do you work around that with a young quarterback when you're at home? You're not even on the road, Jay. Yeah, if you have a communication issue, sometimes you need to go to a wristband. And uh, number three, some of these words can, some of these plays can get really wordy when you're shifting and you're getting the empty and you're trying to do all these things in the red zone. They're specific plays down there. Um, and then the the, sh- the headset will shut off with 17 seconds ago in play clock. Right. And, you know, if you're in the middle of calling a play and all of a sudden it shuts off, Ritter should know by preparation when the play gets called, started out, he should be able to finish it uh, based on all the reps he had that week in practice and studying the playbook. But, you know, sometimes they're wordy and he forgets uh, at the heat of battle. So, so would you say that is and, – and impossible for us to truly know, but if you had to guess – is that more on Ritter or more on Arthur Smith and and the offensive staff uh, in terms of getting the play call in early enough before the communication shuts down? Yeah, I, I would probably say it's more on staff. I mean, as soon as that play, as soon as that ball is marked and you know where it is, you got to get the play in. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you know you're going for two, you should have your two point play ready to roll, and that okay. should be first and foremost. It should be right on your script two point play number one circle da 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 and get it out there, call it and execute. Um, clearly the commander's defense came up big in a couple of big spots. You mentioned the fuller, you mentioned obviously Jamin Davis. I mean, he played that, uh, perfectly. Uh, here's my problem, you know, like the offense, which was pretty good in the first half, not great, but pretty good in the first half did diddly squat in the second half. They cannot get Jahan Dotson going. He, I thought the throw was a touch high. I don't know how you read it, but, I mean, he's got to come up with that. And that was his only target of the game. Diami missed one uh, that maybe he could have had on a deep shot early. How do they get this offense to be more consistent? Is it just about avoiding the sacks? Or is it guys just are not stepping up in big spots sometimes? Well, Atlanta had some good coverage on a couple of those plays. They had some man under type of situations and, and extending drives is the most important thing. If you're not, if you're not converting third down, you're leaving a lot out there as far as a play caller is concerned with the first down play actions and uh, another set of downs. You can make some plays, try to get some calls dialed up. If you're going three and out, very difficult to get everybody involved. First half, they had a couple short fields and they converted, which is critical. Second half, they got nothing going in Atlanta did a good job of holding the ball and, and converting some third downs and keeping some drives going some eight, 10, 12 paid play drives. They kept Sam Howell in the offense off the field. Jay Gruden is with us on the Team 980, as he is each and every Monday at 2.30. Ron Rivera coming up at 3. So we'll uh, do a couple of little around the NFL questions here. Uh, Dable, Giants, Tyrod Taylor last night, Jay. I mean, yeah. I, to me, that looks all on Tyrod Taylor checking to 
a a a run call option with no timeouts and 13 seconds on the clock. I mean, that just cannot happen. I don't care what the situation is, and it certainly can't happen with a guy who's been in the league for eight nine years or whatever Tyrod Taylor's been in, right? That was a unique situation there. Um, you typically don't want to run the ball unless it's like a quarterback draw on fourth down or something like that, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think Tyrod probably got confused. I'm sure they had a, a pass play called, and then if they got the front they liked, they audible to a run. But that obviously would have been an a normal situation, not with 15 seconds ago and a half and no timeouts. Um, what did you think of uh, the final play after they get the one DPI, which extends, then they go for it. They, you know, again, they don't run it there uh, at the one or one and a half yard line or wherever the hell they were on the final play of the game. It looked like the tight end, uh, Darren Waller is held immediately as soon as he kind of starts his route. And then it looked like, the defender also commits defensive pass interference and isn't even looking back at the ball. How do they miss that? Not maybe once, but maybe twice. Yeah, it's a tough one because Waller couldn't go up with two hands to get it. Right. He, he couldn't use his other hand because his jersey was being pulled. Right. I was right in front of the referee. and that, that's, just, that's why I think in the end zone, maybe just only in the end zone, the NFL starts out and says, okay, you can challenge PI plays, DPI or OPI plays in the end zone only just get it started because those are critical plays It happened uh, this year with the commanders it happened last year with the commanders it happened mm-hmm. last night it happens a lot in the end zone these pi calls or non-pi calls that uh change the course of the game yeah no doubt about it uh and you know listen the giants have nobody to blame ultimately by themselves uh, but themselves for screwing up at the end of the first half but i mean that's a really 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 uh tough way uh to lose a game um cleveland Shut down San Francisco. I I shouldn't say shut down, but they controlled San Francisco 19-17. So this big debate broke out over last week. Uh, Shannon Sharp added to it. A couple of other uh, chimed in. Oh, it's the system. It's the system in San Francisco. Of course, I'm not a dummy, Jay. I understand the system. You know, just like you had a really good system that would get receivers open and, you know, intricate design and so on. But you have to have the operator of the system be consistent, be good, make good decisions, so on and so forth. And obviously, talent and health factor in as well. So when you see San Francisco yesterday or any other day, is it? it the system is it Brock Purdy is it the talent that they have how do you kind of in a coach's perspective look at what San Francisco is all about from an offensive design standpoint well they have a good design obviously Um, they can run the football that helps a lot when they can't run the football their system isn't very good so (laughs) so it's very important for them to be able to run the ball and then utilize the play action fakes and the bootlegs to get Purdy outside the pocket yesterday they didn't run the ball effectively McCaffrey got hurt and then they had to throw the ball, and Denzel Ward's one of the best corners in the league. They got two great pass rushers, and it's a challenge. And it was raining a little bit, and Perry doesn't have great overall arm strength, so that mm-hmm. hurt him a little bit. But, you know, it's a combination of things, really. I mean, you got to have good players. you got to have a good system. you got to have good line play. you got to have good design, like you said. So, Purdy, you can't take anything away from him. Yesterday he looked pedestrian, but he's played extremely well for a short period of time in his career. Yeah, he's had some of those bad halves, like in the playoffs last year against Seattle. He had a terrible first half, and then he was unbelievable in the second half. But that's a good defense uh, Cleveland threw at you. I wanted to ask you about uh, your, your your guy, Sean McVay, who was driving me crazy yesterday. Uh, three rushes in the first half, uh, like 19 pass plays. They score six points. Then he comes out at halftime, and he runs the ball nine straight times. They go right down the field, and then they win in a blowout, and they keep running it. Uh, Is that just, again, he was trying to 
uh, get the lead by throwing and then to run? Or what do you think happened there, if you had to guess? I think when you come out with a game plan, you're pretty excited. Cooper Cup's back. He had 100-plus yards his first game back, and he's a superstar. They got uh, that uh, Puka Nukua guy, and mm-hmm. you know, probably excited to throw it. And obviously Stafford is their bell cow, and he's going to air it out, throw the ball accurately and on time. And then uh, when things didn't work out for him, they only had six points, I think. You know, probably the linemen and the line coach are like, hey, man, let's try to get some runs going, and they hit them. And it's very important to, once you start to try to call run plays, to make sure you get some hits where you're in second and short and third and short as opposed to second and 10 or second and 11. Because Sean and myself and Kevin O'Connell, I know I know all three of us, the way we call plays, if right. you call a couple runs and you lose a yard or two and you're in second and 11, you're not going to go back and call them right. on first down. Right. But they obviously want to start out aggressive, try to get try to get a lead, try to go after the Arizona corners. And then in the second half, he settled down and got the running game going, which helped. Um, wanted to ask you about Mac Jones and the Patriots. Uh, of course, another loss yesterday. He had a horrible interception, but then he, you know, made some throws. Where, quite honestly, uh, Parker's got to make that. Uh, was it Parker? Yeah, I think it was Parker. It's got to. I mean, he's got to make that catch on that. Fi- you know, one of the final drives there. It's just bright in his breadbasket. But then he takes a, a safety uh, down two. You know, clock expiring. I, like, what do you do if you're Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know where they turn. I mentioned this last week, I think. They don't really have an identity. They don't run the ball extremely well. The receivers aren't creating a lot of separation. And obviously, Mac Jones doesn't have the arm talent to drive the ball down the field. And he's not very athletic to extend plays like you need quarterbacks to this day and age, especially if your receivers are struggling getting open. So they don't really have a, a where I don't know where they turn to be honest with you. They got to try to win games 17 to 10 or 13 to 10. It was close last week, but overall they just don't have the firepower anywhere on offense to uh, score 25 plus points. Um, all right, I, I think I lied to you. I got room for one more at least. Uh, Jalen Hurts maybe one of his worst games yesterday, especially that last interception, which then you know Brees Hall punches in after the turnover. Uh, but clearly that Jet defense, Jay, uh, you know, is winning games for them, and and Zach Wilson is not killing them. Is is that a sustainable, uh, a sustainable uh, way to go about? I, I mean, what other choice, I guess, do they have at this point? But is that sustainable in your eyes? Because yesterday they shut down the Eagles without having Sauce Gardner and their other top corner. Yeah, Reed didn't play either. They yeah. play great defense. They have five, six, or seven guys that can really get after the quarterback, and that helps. And they stop the run. So they force these guys to throw it and have a very intricate, intricate coverage. Intricate? Coverage intricate. Plan. Easy for you to they, say, Jay. They got some two deeps, some three deeps. They carry the verticals. They do a lot of different things in their coverages that confuse quarterbacks. And they got some ball hawking safeties and corners. So, yeah, they're they're extremely good on defense, and they can sustain it. I promise you that. As long as a quarterback doesn't turn the ball over or give the other team short fields, uh, they can win a lot of games moving forward. By the way, you didn't change your Twitter bio from our conversation last week. I know, I know. You were, you know what, you know what? I'm going to give you a pass because you were busy giving us great material. After you got off with us on Monday, on Wednesday morning, I was looking for something fun to talk about, and there, boom. Jay Gruden is saying Sam Howell is becoming a franchise quarterback, and then the next day you drop the defensive line sucks on me. I love it, Jay. I love it. You made my shows. I, I mean, didn't be- say they suck. I said they got to play better. <laughs> they got to play to higher standards. I mean, they played a lot better. Too. I know. They, they, I know. They I got to give you some crap because you know. You, I mean, you you know we have that kind of a relationship, or at least I think we do. Uh, and also, you were helping me out with some material, which I appreciated very much. 
Yeah, no, anything for you, Chris. Uh, I appreciate you, Jay. You got Dallas or the Chargers tonight? I know you got the prediction up on your on your Twitter feed again at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. You want to give us a quickie here? Well, I had another no-brainer that can't lose in Cleveland beat the San Francisco 49ers, so I'm sure that went viral again. So I'm over to them. I can't lose. Deal, I just, but I, you know, I just saw week, that. Zero percent chance. The zero point zero zero. <laughs> like Animal House. Remember? Your grade point average, zero point zero zero. I love it. Okay. I, love uh, it. I think uh, I'm taking Dallas. I think I do like the fact that Austin Eckler is back. That's a huge addition for Seattle, or, uh, San Diego. Goes LA Chargers offense, but I think um, they like to throw the ball quite a bit, and I think the pass rush from Dallas will get to him a little bit. And I think Dak might have a coming out party. I just hope he targets CD Lamb early and often, and Dallas comes away with the win. Yeah, so do I for my fantasy team. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate you as always. Great conversation. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks. All right, that's Jay Gruden on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford and Chantilly in Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters, and Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage, see and shop them all at tedbritt.com on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.